All right, I thought we should uh, start with the timeline today. So what is the deadline for when the UK will no longer accept CE marking? Ibam, you want to start tackling that one? Yes. So um, the deadline, as we know today, is um, 30 June 2023. In other words, from the 1st of July 2023, you must comply with the proposed UK regulations. Is there some confusion around those dates that anybody's well, encountered? At this point, it's still a proposal. In other words, it has to be uh, debated in Parliament and then hopefully upon approval become law. And typical, typically for this sort of situations, the devil is always in the detail. <laughs> so who knows what the politicians are going to end up negotiating and agreeing to. But for now, at least for planning purposes, 1st of July 2023 is the date from which you must demonstrate compliance with the new UK regulations. That is, if you sell into the UK. Although there are some requirements that kick in sooner. So registration needs to be done next year, depending on the class of your device, gives you different timelines for how quickly you have to get that registered with them. Okay, good. Okay, question for new guy, Ed. Um, what yep. is the difference between the United Kingdom and Great Britain? Yeah, and that does affect the, the timeline for the C marking um, because for those that aren't in the UK and even some people in the UK, I think, aren't familiar that the UK is made up of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and the Northern Irish situation is very complicated and I won't even try to explain it or even understand it here. Um, but essentially, the plan in the guidance that Ibim just talked about is that Northern Ireland will still accept CMARC devices even after that deadline. So when the MHRA guidance talks about the UK, in practical terms, a lot of the time it's referring to Great Britain, so England, Scotland and Wales. Okay, thanks. Um, so for medical device companies. Should we continue to sell product in the UK? Like it, it really seems like a lot of work and confusion right now for a small country, you know? So what, what all has to be done so people can make that decision? You wanna start, Nance? Sure, so basically it's like its own sovereign nation, right? It has its own rules, it has its own requirements. And just like you would make any global decision on am I gonna go in a region, you have to look at the startup cost I'm gonna to have to go change all my labels. I'm gonna to have to get a new conformity assessment body in the UK. I'm gonna to have to have a representative in the UK that's responsible. And I just went through and changed all my labels for EU MDR, and now I've gotta go add some more symbols on them, right? So from a very practical standpoint, a lot of people were, were squeezing in the last of those symbols that they needed to comply with MDR, and now you've gotta add another set of information to cover the UK. Um, so it, it's just, right, and that might impact some people's packaging, um, it might impact the label size that you need. Um, so it's it truly is a decision, am I gonna sell in this other region of the world, and am I gonna have the startup cost to get there, and then I'm gonna have to maintain that ongoing. So I'm adding another region to my global regulatory requirements. Has anyone here, you know, hearing clients say that they, they may, stop selling for now or just wait and see what happens 
I've definitely had clients float interesting ideas with what they want to do. I think there's a lot of confusion because what, what we know is not changing is that January 1, 2021, UK is going to be the single market economy that we've been talking about, right? But the CE marking, whether or not they're going to accept that, as Ibba mentioned, they're going to accept CE marking until June 30th, 2023, like you said. What puts us in an interesting position is if you're looking at the requirements for MDD versus MDR, the UK's proposal has said that they, they want to really just keep to the MDD, right? The IMDD. So this puts us in an interesting position because manufacturers may have devices that have either been upclassified or changed based on their classification rules under the MDR. So if they've been upclassified from a class one device under the MDR, they're now looking and saying, okay, wait, under MDD, I could just self-certify my device. So now companies are debating, okay, what do I do? Is What makes the most sense for my company at this time as manufacturers are looking and seeing how can I implement this and implement it effectively with, within the larger plan for my regulatory strategy? And I think Nancy nailed it. You have to look at it as its own entity now, maybe similar to the approach to like in Australia or the approach to Malaysia perhaps, um, and take into those factors into consideration when you're making your regulatory plans now. As a so, potential recipient of, of devices in the UK, I would say still sell devices in the UK. <laughs> we would still like a nice, nice broad range of devices to be used on us, please. But, but Ed, if I were to play devil's advocate, here I am, a US-based manufacturer. I've always treated Europe as one monolith. And now I have this split by the UK. Well, my priority may be to first focus on the rest of the EU, EU 27, with about 450 million people versus, you know, the UK uh, with about 66 million people. I think that is probably some of the considerations a lot of US-based manufacturers, or indeed manufacturers who are based outside of Europe are gonna be making. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this whole thing takes out. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. If I draw the analogy to, you know, the U.S. and Canada, Canada has about 10% the population of the U.S. And there are, there are a lot of companies that sell in Canada, but there's a lot of companies that don't because they don't want to go to that extra effort for that 10% of the margin or 10% of their sales that they can get in that region. Um, so I, I can see the same thing happening. The, the choices might become more limited in the U.K., um, depending on how difficult their regulations are, right? Do they stay with the MDD? Do they adopt the MDR? Or do they take it a step further and, and do even more? Yeah. So what else is different between CE marking and the UK CA marking? Ed, you want to start this one? So the, as Patrick just indicated a few minutes ago the the current plan is to modify the existing uk regulations and they're called regulate it's called the uk mdr annoyingly and confusingly um which is the, <laughs> the regulations based upon the the directives the three directives and so the current plan is to keep those in in situ with some modifications which will pick up the things that nancy's talked about in terms of registration and uk responsible person um and so the, the guidelines that the MHRA have produced so far indicate they will make some modifications to what we have now as a current state. And th the likelihood is then there will be 
a further iteration of the of the UK regulations, which probably will move towards something like the MDR and the IVDR. That's the best guess, but we don't know for definite. Um, so in terms of what the what the conformity assessment will look like compared to the the two different the the UK CA and the CE, it's going to be pretty much the same as what we see already for the directives. Class one self-certify, everything else. Class one sterile measuring device, 2A, 2B, 3. IVDs, list A, list, list B, et cetera, will require a conformity assessment body, like in the EU, which would have been a notified body. Yeah. So who who will be doing the auditing for this, Mark? I think the the we understand that the, um, the MHRA, the competent authority of the UK, would um, designate notified bodies within the UK. I think a lot of them, this is starting in January, would probably get automatic uh, designations because they're already in situ. Uh, but then that then tr throws a little bit of a wobbler in the sense that <laughs> uh, of the current UK notified bodies, only BSI, the last time I checked, had received MDR designation. So if you're now going to turn on a UK notified body that hasn't got an MDR designation, what does that mean? Does it weaken the system or what? But I guess the UK government has to be pragmatic in the sense that they need um, third parties, notified, um, conformity assessment bodies that will help do this regulatory work. So if the UK is just going to follow the directives, they could use the notified bodies that aren't MDR designated, right? It wouldn't matter. I think that is the proposal. That's the proposal yeah. because BSI UK would be overwhelmed. You know, um, right. uh, before now we had BSI UK, SGS, LRQA, Intertech. Now some of these guys have decided to leave the UK or begin to wind things down because they weren't going to go for MDR. But this kind of changes the whole landscape. So I think the MHR is doing something pragmatic in terms of uh, trying to um, redesignate uh, these other notified bodies, UK-based notified bodies, under the new regulatory arrangements. Okay. Right, so right. the phone manufacturer, I now have to have two, right? I'm, I have to have one for the UK and yes. one for the rest of EU. So now I've yeah. doubled my transaction costs, I've doubled my possibility I'm going to have two auditors that might have different opinions when they come in and look at my manufacturing. So how do I go about finding a company to perform my conformity assessment in the UK? So at the moment it's still still not defined so but okay. the proposal the proposal is that as Ibim just said they will they will transfer the MHRA will automatically carry across those that are already um, certified or accredited, sorry, for, for MDR and for MDD and IMDD and IVD, et cetera. Um, also, so that, sorry, uh, go ahead, Ben. No, I was going to say, for now, you can still go to Nando because mm -hmm. Nando still has the listing of all notified bodies, be they under the directives and the new regulations. So that will be a useful starting point. Thereafter, I'd imagine, MHRA will have to maintain a list of UK-based notified bodies because for all we know, there may be additional notified bodies who are probably doing spe uh, providing special specialty conformity assessment, maybe software 
alone, standalone software type uh, conformity assessment. Who knows? But Nando will be a useful starting point. So what do you guys? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, in terms of the current players, then we've got BSI UK, SGS UK, and UL UK, but only for a certain subset of the IVDD. Uh, what about LRQA? Then, so LRQA didn't go for MDR, and because of that, they also wound up their MDD and, and other directive work as well. So they're not currently on Nando. So could they be reactivated? Maybe, but this is what I'm I've saying. not heard anything. Yeah. <laughs> Intertech maybe too, and yeah, and other yeah. players may want to, or the notified bodies might want to set up a UK arm. But yeah, we'll see. So MHRA used to be very involved in the EC and setting compliance and driving the MDR. How does that change the MDR with them no longer involved? What do you think, Ibum? I think it leaves the rest of Europe with a huge vacuum. Now, with all respect, I mean, the German authorities are just as strong. Uh, the authorities, IGJ in the Netherlands, and um, of course, the French authorities, I mean, they will continue to do things, but there's no doubt about it that the UK's absence will be sorely missed. For instance, uh, the UK was a primary driver for the um, guidance documents on clinical evaluations, you know, going back more than 10 years ago, and have really driven that whole area of work up until the latest version, Rev4, that was published in 2016. But that's life. The world can do without the best. <laughs> so I'm sure yeah, Europe, that... will, Europe will have to figure out a way of, you know, pushing those boundaries forward. I think we've already seen some impact on it, right? The periodic safety update report template was being driven by HRA, and it's yes. not. Yeah. Now they're back to the drawing board. We're still waiting for that guidance, you know, years after the regulation was published. And that's a critical new piece with no prior guidance on how to compile that, what the expectations are, how much detail needs to be in it. So I think it's already felt a huge, I think the other place people are missing MHRA is on where they have devices with an ancillary medicinal substance mm -hmm. and those need to be assessed by the competent authority. A lot of US companies used MHRA, is easy to submit it, it was easy to, to converse with them um, and I think they're missing that as they have to get recertified under MDR and they've got to go to a new competent authority for their drug portion. You are right. And remember, at that time, EMA was also located in London. They've since moved away from London. So it's really thrown that aspect of the work up in the air. But again, there are also other EU-based reputable competent, medicinal competent authority who will step into those shoes. But you're right, MHRA. Um, had a huge share in conducting such reviews, but in their absence, MPA, um, um, the Dutch MEB, uh, BFAM could also do a good job, but you're right, it leaves a vacuum, but that's life. <laughs> Question from the audience, will the UK adopt UDI? What do you think? Yes. I think so. I think so. It's the way forward, isn't it? So UDI is actually referenced as part of the recommendations in in the recent Cumberledge review that's cited as one of the inputs for the, 
the, the the revision of the UK regulations for the future state. So I'm pretty sure UDI will be in there in some form or other. So we'll go to Patrick. What are you seeing at your clients? Like, are people concerned about this, doing anything about it now, or are they just waiting? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of turbulence, I think. And I think um, if you look at just the international arena in general, right, we saw Boris Johnson revisited an already agreed upon agreement for withdrawal, right? And this set off large implications and impacts throughout the EU and the United Kingdom itself. I mean, as Ed mentioned earlier, there's discussions in Ireland of a, of a hard border now. Um, and I think Tisha Michael Martin, the prime minister in, in Ireland is, you know, vehemently opposed to that kind of an approach and he said so he's come out and said that but i think the question becomes for the clients can we expect more turbulence can we expect more complications with what we're implementing and our plan forward and i think honestly i think the answer is yes we can kind of read the tea leaves and we can see um even this past week scotland's reconsidering a referendum to join back to the eu if we go back to ed's geography lesson that's a part of the UK, right? All of a sudden they're saying, we don't know what we signed up for, and maybe we wanna reconsider that and go back into the EU. So I think clients really, we, we really need to be careful collectively and pay close attention to what's going on because this is changing, it's still changing, and I don't see the dust settling for quite some time. The implications are wide ranging. Another and question from, oh, go ahead, Nance. Yeah, now I just think too, the regulatory people are tired, right? They've just done all their EU MDR updates and they're swamped and they're getting the questions back from their technical file reviews. They're in, it's just, yeah, companies are going to have to prioritize what's most important and where do they go first and where do they get it? So I, and I do think with so much still up in the air and not defined that it's easy to set this one aside for a little bit until you get the rest of the things off your plate. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, another question from the audience, should manufacturers prepare for a separate UDI database? Strictly for the UK? Mm -hmm. Yeah, should we pull our UK data separate from all the other data? Wow, I think until uh, the the details of the proposed law are published. I'll say carry on for now. Mm -hmm. I will but you know you're going to have to register, so mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you might as well make sure you've got your, at least know what your SKUs are and the product attributes with those SKUs. I mean, Ed, maybe you could chime in here by all means. You, MHRA has a registration process. However, is it sophisticated enough is that structure sophisticated enough to handle things like UDI and all the product codes that have been proposed under the MDR? So who knows, MHRA may have to build a whole new computer system to handle something that is much more robust, akin to what we have today under the MDR. So I will suggest just hold off a little bit until we get to see the details of the new um, law. Ed? Yeah, I agree. I, I I don't think the current registration system certainly wasn't designed for the the volume of traffic it's now going to have and the volume of data that it was will now have to hold. So I imagine that there'll be some IT projects going on at the MHRA 
if not starting already, they'll be starting in the new year to look at that. Um, in terms of UDI, then I can only assume they'll use the same kind of providers, so they're not going to be straying too far away from people like GS1 formats and things like that. So, um, and the, the other complication for the, the UK, though, is that the NHS have their own, so the NHS, the National Health Service, where the predominantly the, the healthcare operates within the, the national service rather than in private, and they have their own requirements for tracking and identification of products as well, which sort of sometimes comes into conflict with regulatory requirements. I know some clients I've worked with have struggled because the NHS want their own codes on products and then they had to do the, the manufacturer has to put the UDI on and et cetera, et cetera. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out in the future. Uh, question from the audience, recommendations for how to go about finding a UK rep? Hmm. I don't know that there's a register of UK reps. I think it may not be a bad idea to reach out to your notified body and network through them. They may, they will not recommend anyone to you, but they may provide you with um, a contact list that you can then reach out to, engage those guys, interview them, and then decide on who you think will serve your interests best. The other place I'd go look is some product, old product labels, because a whole lot of people had to move away from a UK authorized rep um, under MDR or, or getting ready to because of Brexit. So pull some of those old labels. You'll find a lot of different names and addresses that when you start to see them common, they're probably a larger outfit. Search Good for UK-based former EU authorized reps. Yeah, exactly. Good idea. Okay, where should people go to find accurate and up-to-date information on this topic since it keeps changing? What do you think, Ed? So, well, I mean, you can you can do the obvious thing and go and other search engines are available, but you can you could go and start Google things and you'll come up, especially if you if you Google UKCA, you'll come up with some interesting results. Um, the UK Cheerleaders Association or the UK Cinemas Association, <laughs> or uh, the one that made me confused and intrigued the most was the UK cubing association I didn't know there was an association for completing Rubik's cubes as fast as you could but there is <laughs> um, but essentially the best place to go for the, at the moment is the MHRA website because that's, yeah. at the moment it's guidance and it's their guidance so okay yeah. sounds good um do you think the UK will join the MDSAP group what do you think I think so me too I think so, because uh, the UK over the medium to long term, I think needs to be part of a much bigger international grouping. And that will be a natural step. And it will be in keeping with the MedSAP type um, model, whereby you have 13485 as the bedrock, and then it's topped up by regional um, regulatory requirements. This wouldn't be dissimilar to what you have in, in Canada, the US, Brazil, Australia, or Japan. So I mm. see that being in the offing. Okay. Timing-wise, I don't know, because I'd imagine they would like to at least ensure that the new regulatory system is launched and works very well. 
that that has to be um, their primary goal. And I'm okay. I'm sure in the medium to longer term they'll be thinking about that sort of uh, a more cohesive international organization. Who knows? Could you see, could even see them participating in IMDRF as well. And I think from a, a risk strategy, a risk mitigation activity for the MHRA, they've got to think about what Nancy talked about earlier in terms of the the extra burden, regulatory burden of going into another market with another set of regulations might put some manufacturers off. So by going to the MDSAT model and, and joining that group, then at least it cuts out some of those audits and gives you a slightly short cut, a slightly shorter cut to your conformity assessment. Okay, so we just have a few minutes left. So last question. Do you think there will be a two-stage process with an interim requirement to comply with the MDD and then later a requirement to comply with to comply with the MDR? Do you think they'll eventually get there? Yes. You're shaking your head, Ed. Yeah, yes. yes. I have to remember him on video. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think I mean when there was a when the UK was preparing for a hard Brexit and it would have been a complete no deal and it would I mean I've tried to hide my uh, my leanings on this, but it would have been a catastrophic uh, termination of the relationship for lots of reasons. Um, but the the regulation that was prepared that would have would have fallen or would have dropped into the the UK regulations was pretty much the MDR IVDR, but with some to find and replace for EU with UK et cetera et cetera that kind of stuff. So I can't see them saying, as they've been said they were instrumental in writing the the MDR and the IVDR. So I can't imagine that the, the future state, whatever the long-term regulation is, won't be that different to the MDR and IVDR. When it will arrive, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> okay, thanks guys. The UK civil service. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. That was very helpful and very informative today.